As you enter positions of trust and power, dream a little before you think. Toni Morrison. Bending Not Breaking, Season 4, Episode 3, The Revelation. Welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. This is Ben. And we are talking Legend of Korra. Legend of Korra. Book one. Book one. Episode three. Air. The Revelation. It's the Book of Air, right? Yep. And we've got Max. Max. Who's here. Hey, Max. Hey, fellows. It's good to hear your voice. Always glad when you're around. Yeah, sometimes. I feel the same way. About what he said or what I said? About him being around. We'll leave that up to the interpretation of our vast audience. Uh, Indeed. Ben, how are you doing? You know, I'm, you know, it's it's kind of rainy outside, but you know what makes a rainy day better? Being with y'all. Oh, stop. Right. Love that. I just, it's better. It's better that I way. I like a little rain sometimes. I don't like cold rain. Yeah. What about hard rain that's a gonna fall? I don't get it. It's Bob Dylan, Ben. It's Bob Dylan. Who's that? It's Bob Dylan. I don't. That's a person huh? who writes music. Hmm? People have heard his name before. Who? People have heard of Bob Dylan. Max, you ever heard of Bob Dylan? It's a whole movie about him. Yes, I have heard of Bob Dylan. I wasn't sure who to yes and in that moment. I but... was wondering if he was going to say not at this time. I was waiting for it. I well, don't hear about him often at this time, but yes, I have heard of Bob Dylan. Yeah. A hard mm. rain's are gonna fall. No. The times they are a changing. Tangled up in blue. So you do know who Bob Dylan is. Buckets of rain, buckets of tears. Got a hard Got all them buckets coming gold. out of my ears. Buckets of moonbeams. Alright, let's talk about head. let's talk about this episode. We are speaking through a lens of Dylan. Little spoonerism for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's jump into the lens of this episode. What is the lens of this episode? Power. Power. Itty bitty living space. Infinite cosmic power. Yep. Yeah. Power. Power. I got the power. I can't do another song. I don't know them. Yeah. Was that a... What? Was that a factory? Who sings... Who power. sings the... I've got the power. I got the power. Max? I don't know. The song is by Snap! Exclamation point. Why was that so loud? There's literally an exclamation point at the end of the band name. You have to yell at me. No, that's exactly what it means. It's the same way you have to say uh, the movie uh, Matt Dillon's The Informant! Okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Matt so Damon. we're talking about power. Matt Damon. Bob Dillon. Matt Damon. Matt Dillon, completely different person. But also an actor, right? Am I thinking? Yeah, you're, you're right. I don't know He's who that in, is. like, wild things. Yeah. And, uh... Uh, the Outsiders. And that so... the Ben Stiller vehicle Essie with Cameron Hinton's Diaz. The Outsiders? There's something about Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you don't know. Anyways, can, we'll get back on. We're already off. Let's get back on. Y'all are off. On on track. Let's talk about power, shall we? Power. In this episode, because uh, it's a lot. There's, there, <laughs> there's there a are, lot. There's some power in this episode. Yeah. So let's first start. Let's, what is power? Well, 
MLK defines power as the ability to achieve purpose and effect change. Defined. Does not currently define, but defined. Yeah. The ability to do something or act in a particular way. The capacity or ability to direct influence or the behaviors of others. Verb, and, verb-wise, it's to supply with energy. Yeah. Just a source or means of supplying energy. Right, 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 right. Yeah, well, and one of the things that I think about power that's really important is you really cannot engage with conversations about leadership without engaging with conversations about power. Correct. Right? You, you can't. Like, there, it's not possible to talk about leadership without talking about power. And here's my thing, because I think I, this is where I, my hypothesis is leading me. Hypothesis. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a second-grade word. Is it? I didn't know you spoke parcel tongue. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, uh, so this idea that power in itself is not inherently good or bad. It's Correct. the same way I feel yeah, yeah, about, yeah. like, tools that we have or, or emotions or anything else. Like, t- it's not good or bad. It is how we use that power to influence change into what we use power for. Yeah, well, that being said, we also, often— The way you get to power can also be good or bad, I think. Yeah, sure, but I, and I think one of the things that about that is often the connotation around power is negative. Like, a lot of people perceive power as, like, a strong-arm experience or, like, you know— people using power to you know maintain it right i want to control as many people and things as possible exactly and so when when in reality it's also like the one of the worst things we can experience is powerlessness not having any power right and so that like both sides of that's really interesting place to be like so like no one wants to feel powerless no one likes feeling desperate and isolating without power Right? <laughs> yeah, or this inability to have any say in your life or, or any, yeah. any potential to move or do anything like that. Well, and I think one of the things that kind of helps helped me kind of process this idea of power is to think about there's this there's a a model for thinking about about power. And there's there's power over, there's power to, there's power with, and there's power uh oh my god, there's one more. Uh, within. Like I have power within me. So those are the kind of Uh, different kind of variants there and it's interesting to think about like how that works and how that manifests and so i I have a few like contrasting statements for you that contrasts power over versus power with or power within yeah yeah let's do it here's here's a few um being right is more important than getting it right is a power over mindset Yes. Right? Versus getting it right is more important than being right, which is a power with, right? And I think that's one of the ways you can think about it. Like, that's there's a lot there that you can divide that into. But also, power over looks like believing that power is finite. Believing that you have to, like, use fear to protect and to hoard it, right? That's a power over idea. Power over also looks like leveraging fear uh, to divide, to destabilize, uh, it devalues decency because decency uh, is framed as a is a sign of weakness. It's for suckers, if you will, right? And so that's kind of like power over. There's a lot of other things you can look at there, but power to, with, within is believing that power is if infinite, and it expands when we share it with other people, which is a pretty vast mindset for like 
the American culture, <laughs> right? That does not fit well within Western it, ideals. It doesn't. And so also with that is like we leverage connection and empathy uh, to unite and stabilize rather than to, you know, like hoard the power and not give it to anyone else. And so we, we kind of unite with each other. We value decency as a function of self-respect and uh, respect for others, right? So we're not holding on to it and hoarding it. And so I think that there's a lot of nuance between the two differences. But what, what we can see, and especially in this episode, is we'll see a lot of power over moves in this episode that we'll talk about. And I think there's a lot of power with moments, too. And I, I'm just excited to kind of look at the difference between them and how it kind of manifests in the episode. Oh, for sure. Let's do this. Let's jump in. Let's start. Uh, ben, you have a, um, a recap I believe it's your turn. It's not even close to being my I'm turn. I'm almost 100% certain well, it's your turn. That little bit of uncertainty, that's actually the correct no, response. No, 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 no. I'm so I'm giving sure 30 seconds on the clock Sunshine. to recap this entire episode. I don't understand why you try to get out and of it away every single we time. Go. Mako and Balloon look for you know ways to attain 30,000 yuans because you know they want to attain participate in the pro bending tournament but they can't because they don't have any money and so bolin's like oh my god i can work with pabu and then they go he goes on you know pabu like does little tricks but no then triple threat triad is like oh my god come work for us and he's like okay and then cora and halfway they're looking for bolin and they encounter a group of chi blockers who had kidnapped him and then oh my goodness the equalists oh my god they're and then they flee because the equalists are equalists and then cora and mako are like no 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 we can figure it out and so they go find this protester they get the rally they find it they made it and then they oh my god they rescue bolin Two, and everything's great one uh, from stop. the otherwise doomed fate Everything is not great. It's not great. I also love the line of uh, the equalists are equalists, so they flee, which means, <laughs> like, <laughs> what does that even mean? I, I, I had to turn the it equalists off. Equalists are equalists, so they flee. Yeah, like, I just, I did my best. Listen, I did my best here, okay? I Just because I'm really bad at this doesn't mean that you should do it every time. That's the only way to, like, solve this problem. Absolutely not. I think you should do it every time. I appreciate that. I think you do it so much better. That's I, not even true. Yeah. I'm sure I mess up all the time. I might mess up next episode. All right. Let's talk about this episode. Let's talk about the one we're currently on. Episode three. Moments of power. The revelation. Yes. Moments of power for you throughout this. Let's let's. Uh, what's the first big moment for you, Ben? Yeah. Okay. So I have a problem like immediately. <laughs> sure. So the this concept of pecking order, uh, and like legacy with having the worst training time. Mm-hmm. And so it lends itself to a system in which it is preserving the power and privilege of those who already have it, right? It is not an equitable way to provide training times Correct. to, the, to all of the participants in this pro-bending tournament. And so my question is, like, what do you do with that? How do we fix it? What are the ways that we can counteract that power dynamic? So that to me is an is a process issue, right? It's the idea of how are we scheduling this out? Is it equitable? Is this serving the most marginalized group as well as the one that is least marginalized? What's the process that needs to be in place? This one is a, hey, you're currently the one who is quote unquote in most power. You get to pick when you go first. So Everybody else has to wait. But the question is, who does it serve, right? Who's making this rule and who does it serve to make this rule this way? Right. Right? And so my question is like, are the best benders able to make this a rule because they want to preserve their their power and privilege as being number one? Yeah, because we don't know if this rule is being div given by the gym owner or if this is one that's because the people who have 
are the oldest and considered the best have finagled their way into saying we're getting the time and you, you can't stop us from taking that time. And I just think I, I really don't love this way of doing it. Like the idea of like seniority playing a role in who gets what here doesn't seem fair. And I would love to offer them some guidance. So how do you challenge that with the idea of like, oh, this is a perk for you being loyal or this is a perk for you working for this organization for so long. So you get the first dibs at this. Like, how do you challenge that mentality of like, no, this is a reward. Is that because, is it because the rewards to detriment to other people? It is. And so if you think about the history, like who has the privilege of being a, in the pro bending tournament in the first place and who had the privilege beforehand right and so if we equate that to like uh legacy programs in colleges for instance colleges offer legacy programs or at least that is a myth that may or may not be true depending on what college you're attending but essentially like oh well my whole family has gone here so i'm a shoe in well that speaks to a long line of history and privilege that you have had that you were allowed to go to this Edu- like this system in this place in this um, system right I said that twice but you're allowed to for so long before the people that could not so BIPOC people black indigenous people of color were not literally not able to go to certain schools legacies don't exist right? and so like, like how do you have a legacy if you weren't even allowed to engage with it and so in this situation it's like sure we're going to reward these people who show loyalty to the school by continuing their whole family coming here well how do you build loyalty if you can never get in Right? Correct. And so this is a really complicated issue. (laughs) There's a lot involved here. But ultimately, I think it's how do we make sure that we're being equitable with who can can join, how they join, why is there a $30,000 or $30,000 yuan fee? That makes sense. You got to have winnings. But at the same time, like you got to put put it in to win some. Like I understand having an ante. You got to ante up, if you will. But at the same time, like how do we – have grace and how do we build in uh equitable means to ensure that anyone who comes to this place can participate well i think that's something that you're lifting up right now just with this moment but it's going to happen throughout the course of the episode even though the type of power dynamic is going to change and what we're talking about this idea of questioning who's in power making the decisions yes why are they in power making those decisions how did they get into power and is this right is yes. this what we should be doing? Because there might be times where you're like, they're in power. They got there and it, we agree with the way that it happened. Yep. And they're making decisions that we feel good about. Yeah. Like, that's okay. But you might also get to points where you're like, who's, how'd they get into power? All right. They bullied their way there. They're using the power they have to influence the system so they continue to stay at the top of it. Yep. And it is hurting people. Yep. Not okay. Yep. How do we work against this? Yep. How do we chi block the system? Indeed. Ooh. Right, right. Mm, I like it. That's a moment that, that that and that's a moment for me. And we spoke about it at the end of last season, but this idea of taking away resources, yes. Um, and in the moment of uh, oppression, what that feels like, and so this idea of how are we taking away resources from those that are doing the oppressing? Yeah, which isn't a perfect analogy, but it also can we talk? We'll talk a little bit about that of like this moment in this episode where the uh, herald. The protest leader, or the okay, yeah, 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 is talking about being oppressed by Cora, yeah, um, and this idea of this is a tough moment. There are a lot of like moments that we get throughout the course of 
this show that hit you in the gut because we've been built up over three seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender to identify with benders. Yes. Right? We And, and identify as like benders are awesome and we love them and that's who we want to be and we're yep. going to be benders. And now we're getting this moment of being pushed back on of, hey. The Avatar is the oppressing av- the me. The Avatar is oppressing me. Is bending great? And we're going, oh, like, yeah, that dude doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, we are conditioned at this the point f- to be like, to jump in and be like, on the side of Korra, because we're supposed we to are. be on the side of the Avatar. Yes, and the first several times I watched this, this scene didn't bug me. It didn't, because I was on Korra's side. I was like, yeah, Korra's in the right, Amon and the Eagleist, or they're, they're the enemy. But, but their message is really, really important. When it, so, and here's what we're getting to this point of this this understanding of is there a power that comes with bending is there a privilege that comes with bending yes the period. answer is yes period like hands down and i think you get to this moment of all right so how is bending being used mm-hmm. and right now you have a group of people that are telling you that this power of bending is being used to, to against them to keep them from having jobs or to keep them from being equal in a society they start to then attack people for it violently. Yep. Right? Like, and that's so that or, there's a line, right? But this idea of bending itself is you being a bender or having that privilege of power is not inherently bad. It is how are you using that to support everyone? Is it power over? Or is it power with? Or is it power with? Correct. Right? And so, and you get this moment where she's using her ability, and she's not bending at this point, but she's using her strength, physical strength, which is another form of power. It is a power over move. Yep, and um, to keep him quiet, or yep. to give him to get information from him. Yeah, and like I, I felt really uncomfortable when Cora did that. I really did. I was really not okay with how she handled it, and and she doesn't know how to do it any better. She has not been taught. She hasn't been given the tools to do it differently, which is what like one of the things that Andre talked about in his episode in our finale for Atla was we need to, these are skills we have to hone and craft and like we have to practice. And Cora has not been given any skills, much less had an opportunity to practice them. Right. And so it is her responsibility with having so much power to learn these tactics in order to not oppress. Right. And this whole season is is in a way in a sense giving her lessons on that and i wish she could have learned a different way (laughs) but correct you know correct um but yeah this just this moment because like part of me is like everything that this protester is doing is he's doing it right he's doing it in a public forum he's doing it not he's nonviolent. he is uh actively um speaking out against bending in a way that is not harming anyone else like he's doing everything right until you get that moment where he's like you're gonna you're gonna get it if your friend's a bender he's gonna get it right yeah, like because then it's like, an awareness of like all right there's there's some violence that's coming there's some yes um but it's that's tough it's that it, this situ- situation is not it's gray it is, it is so, so gray yeah um and there's nuance to it but you have to understand that there is there's a power dynamic difference between benders and non-benders in this episode 100 percent in this and, season and for those of you that have not read the comics i highly recommend visiting the comics beautiful segue they did a really good job i guess you could call it retcon right like you like 
but they do a wonderful job of connecting us the dots to Korra. And, and, yeah. and you get to that point especially by the end of imbalance which yes. is the last current comic out you're like this makes but even before we're that they were addressing we're, it yep we're in north a place and south really makes sense yeah. So anyway, that's our little side plug. If you haven't gotten the comics, and I definitely recommend checking them out because it just opens us up to a lot. Can we also talk about the power of money? I wrote that down. What did you write down about it? There, in several ways, the power of money, this uh, ability to kind of sit there and say, all right, well, for us to even participate in the system that we want 100%. to be in, we got to have money to get in. Money is power. Yep. So there's that. There is the idea of uh, money is shifted for information. For mm-hmm. them to be able to figure out where Bolin is, a little scoochy. is required money. Um, and so this idea of, especially when you're in a capitalistic system, this idea that, all right, money is going to have to be the currency that allows me and gives me access. Yep. And so what happens when we take money away from people? Well, money was a theme all episode. Like every, from the moment Butaka comes in and says, hello, hardworking street urchins, right? And, yep. and then, hey, here's your prize money. And then it's all mine. Which right? shows that like he just had to exist for that money to fall into his hands, right? Exactly. Like I just had to give you access to things. Yeah, and he and he not only does he use that money, but he leverages that position to take their money and to gain and to to maintain his status, right? And then this idea and concept that's immediately thrown in your face with the avatar, oh, I've never needed money. Like you know what I I wrote down is Cora like really shows her privilege this episode. Yeah. All episode. And it's I think this is one of the reasons people don't like Korra is because she shows her privilege. One of the reasons I love Korra is because she shows her privilege and then we see her grow. Right? Well, and it, it, this is also an example of like she's privileged in some ways and not privileged in other ways, right? And so like this is a way that she has been privileged. It's not need for money. And it doesn't mean she doesn't struggle in other areas. Correct. It just means that this is not something she's had to deal with. Yeah. Well, and then money continuing the thread is like it leads to when in their younger days, Mako and Bolin joining the, you know, the triple triads joining the lightning bolt Zolt and being a part of that. And then it again leads Bolin to choosing that again. And it's one of those things with money is a powerful leveraging tool in all ways. And, and Cora like responds to Mako's um, youth being, are you where you were a criminal? And again, it's where her, her privilege is showing. Because as soon as he says, no, hold on, here's why, and here's what was going on, she's like, oh, I had no idea, and is able to learn quickly. But it's one of those things where money forces people to make decisions that they would not normally do. And that is a, a an abuse of power, right, for people who own it and have all the access to the money. Yes. And so the question with all of this is who's giving these people the power to exist in this space, right? So how, you know, who, who's allowing the landlord to be the, put like what got him to this position of power? How is he there? Is that right? Um, the idea that this money is, is how you navigate the city, who, who levied that information to make that possible, right? Who's the one that set that system up? And the reality is we know that it was Aang. Like we know that it was Aang that creates this world. Now he might not have created I, capitalism. We we see that Aang didn't create this world. This world emerged, and Aang was responsible for like 
giving it the banks of the river. Right. He did his best to hone in the things that were going wrong. And, and so we we do understand this idea, though. If we're not checking processes along the way during the creation process, there's 100%. going to be issues that, that happen. Yes. And we've got to be willing to recheck those things and recheck power dynamics over and over again, nonstop as a continual Absolutely. check to say, is this doing what we initially thought it should be doing? And if the answer is that it isn't, we need to find a way to stop it and pivot. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So. It's just, this is really tough to talk about because this idea of Mako going into the power plant. And so it's one of those things where, like, that's a literal form of power, like energy source power. Right, right, yeah. Deal, He's right? powering things. <laughs> uh, and so, like, he, as a lightning bender, has the privilege of being a skilled worker in this capitalist system, right? And so. In, a non-bender can't go get that job. A non-bender job. can't get that job, right? Even with studying. Even right? with like, skill and studying, exactly. Right, like, this is literally only firebenders who have developed the ability to lightning bend can get this job. Yep. And that is a form of, like, yeah, that's a really niche job. There are, jo- there are jobs that involve talents that I will never have, right? And I just, I, I, I will never have that, right? And I just, I struggle because that, like, that's a form of, of privilege and power. And so that, that job that exists is a really nice thing for firebenders that can lightning bend. But it's also one of those things where like, okay, but if that's the only job available, I'm that's all. And I can't do it. Then like, what do I do? So I don't know. There's just a lot there where this just the power of being able to employ people is a very interesting power to have. You know? Oh, absolutely. What Are there any other moments of power that popped up for you in this episode? I mean, besides all of it, but what, is there anything else you want to dial deep into? Uh, yeah. I want to, so Amon's speech, or rather his introduction, if you will. Yeah, I wrote down this. Yes. We seem to be on the same page on a lot of this. Yeah, you know, that's how it works. Like we hang out. Yeah. So the, the rhetoric that was used uh, to introduce Amon was... This is our hero and savior. And what, what we see is these are a bunch of people who feel powerless because they are not able to bend. I'm, I'm somewhat projecting that, but I, as a non-bender myself, imagining what it would be like to there, I would feel powerless. And, Especially if you can't get work. And I'd feel resentful, and I would feel, I'd feel a lot of things. Especially if the police force is only, exactly. is only benders. Yeah. And so what, when I hear this, this hero and savior has been blessed with this ability to take away bending, I'm like, I have mixed feelings, right? Because one, I'm, I'm so thankful that somebody has the ability to take, this, take it away. But at the same time, I'm not at the point, like in my head, I'm not at the point where, wow, Let's take away their bending. You know, it's it's just really tough. Well, and so let's dive into the language a little bit because yeah. before they even know that he can take away bending, it's he's our hero and our savior. Yeah, this by is before using, that. Yeah, by, by using that rhetoric, it starts to take away the ability to question whether or not his next move is is one that we want to be a part of, is good or is bad, right? So like this idea of like because he's called and set up as the hero and savior, whatever he does must be right it also yes and it also doesn't fix the fact that i feel powerless 
Correct. It makes it so that I have to rely on Amon to solve my problems. Right? Yeah. But we see this. We see the language being used, and we see the power of language in this moment. We see the power of language in the way that it gets the attention of police, in the way that it, it makes people feel in this moment of like, all right, great. You've already you set up the language. I'm here because I'm not feeling I'm feeling powerless. You've set up the language to now be in a place of all right. Your decisions. If you're the hero and the savior of this story, then what you do must be right. And so clearly. I'm going to be in a place where oh, I'm seeing him take power. I'm seeing him take power. He's not giving it to me, but I'm seeing him take it. And so is that a step in the right direction? I feel good about this. I'm getting on board. Yeah, it's it's hard to think about this because if we kind of break this down and think about like the equalist movement, there's a lot to be said for the need for an equalist movement, frankly, in, in a world where like law enforcement is run by the privileged in a world where this is a world that it like caters to those who can bend. It's one of those things where an equalist movement is necessary. The problem with this is, is it the right move to strip people of their bending, right? To strip everyone of their bending, which Aang battled with, right? And, but the difference between Ozai and Bolin is this idea of Ozai has shown repeated behavior over and over and over again to use his bending to hurt others. Yeah, well, and so his lightning bolt Zolt. Right. Right? But does that mean that we should take his bending away? And the answer might be yes, because I don't know. I don't know the answer. But for me, one of the things I think about is having that power is a lot like having a, a weapon on me. Because if I use it that way, it becomes one. Frankly, right? Like... I can use bending as a weapon, and we see people leveraging in that way. And so what happens is when you continue to wield your weapon <laughs> and you're not being held accountable, then you need to be held accountable. Do we take the weapon away, or do we like put you in a position where you just can no longer wield that weapon? And what we see the, the Avatarverse typically take on is typically they put you in a position where that you just cannot wield your weapon. Right, we see that in this cell. You're going to be in this cell, like (laughs) harking to season three, right? Right. And so, it's just one of those things where, like, what do you do? What is the right move? Do you strip them of their bending? Like, I just there's there's a lot there. I just I I don't know. Who watches the Watchmen, right? Yeah. Who watches the Watchmen? Yes. Yeah, it's hard. But one of the things that I do love that the Equalist Movement is doing is they're they're teaching people to chi block. I think that's a good thing. People should be able to chi block, if especially if you aren't a bender. Like, I would want to be able to do that. If someone's attacking you? Yes. Yeah. I would want to be able to defend myself. I would want to be, like, and knowing that they're in a world where there are gangs that are strictly full of bending people. Like, there's the, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot, and we explore those gangs in the Korra comics, too, but it's one of those, like, there's so much going on to where I think chi-blocking is a, and by by its very nature and the way it's phrased, it's chi-blocking. It's not chi-attacking, right? Uh, sometimes it's used it is, yeah. in offense, but the in in concept, it is a defensive thing. Well, and again, if it's a tool, like any other tool, how are we using it? Are we using it to live into our values and to and to support other people? Are we using it to attack and harm? Right? Like it's how are we how are we using any other tool? 
So we're still living in this place of it, there's it's a big gray area. Yeah. But who's in power? How'd they get in power? And are they doing the things that live into our values? And are we asking those questions? Well, and I'm, I'm really curious for our listeners, too. Like, we are clearly not going to be able to hit everything that is in this episode or oh, in any please episode. Please send right? voicemails like on this, your thoughts on this episode because this is so tough. Especially with, with frankly, with Cora, that we're, we're, we're hitting things that are really poignant and topical for us today. And we're not going to do it justice. I'm just going to put it out there. And we want your help. So... Send us that voicemail. Give us some help. Help us see it a different way. What are we missing? Because we need you to help us do that. So we've hit on the power of money in this in, in this society, the power of language. Yep. Who is wielding the power and how do they get it? Yep. How do we challenge that? The answer is I don't know if we've really answered how do we challenge that. The first step feels like asking the question. First step is awareness recognizing that there is a power dynamic in play yeah because often we just go through the motions of living and we don't recognize that this is something that could change right (laughs) this isn't just the way that i was raised like i wonder like the difference between i find it's really interesting is mako goes into this saying i'm gonna work within the system i'm gonna go get a job that i can get i'm gonna go do these things and Bolin tries to even work within the system, but then is lured outside of the system. But the system itself is flawed. If it is flawed, <laughs> period. And so how do you navigate the, the idea of working within the system if you don't know that there's a system in the first place? You have to become aware. You have to become aware that there are power dynamics in play. And you have to like you have to aware who are the people in power that made this decision, why did they make this decision, and if this is a decision that is this something that we can address? Can we go to the the council uh, and address it? And I just, there's just a and lot maybe there. they've tried, yeah, like maybe they've Absolutely. tried at this point. So much to dissect, and it just it hits at home. Yeah, all of this feels really relevant. Yes, yes, it does. And so question, the first step is questioning. And that might be the only thing we have as a takeaway today is, is how do we question that and how do we become aware of it? Well, and, and like for me, it's, it's interesting to think about too, like what happens in our bodies when we are, when someone is leveraging power over us, what does it feel like? What happens in us when someone is leveraging power over versus leveraging power with? Because... When someone says, this is how it's going to be, there's no other way, and you have to pay me, like, we shrink. We shrink, we get smaller, we, we literally fold in on ourselves and become less. And I think the goal here is how do we build people up to become open and grow and be, like, instead of folding up, we're opening up. And so I, I think... When I'm feeling like I'm folding in on myself and when I'm feeling like I'm getting smaller, that can be a flag and say, okay, what's going on here? Why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. And I think that can be a a starting point to asking those questions. Just let your body tell you when you're in need of something, right? When When you have these feelings that say something's going on, something is different. Homeostasis is being messed with right now. Why? 
Well, we have to we have to normalize discomfort. And oh, we absolutely. Have to, and we have to move away from the shame and blame and toward accountability and meaningful change. Because what happens in that power over culture, again, is this idea that like power over people give others someone to blame for their discomfort. This is exactly what Amon does, right? He gives someone to blame. The avatar has is doing it wrong. The spirits have told me that the avatar is not okay, right? And he says that. And so preferably you pick someone that looks, acts, and sounds different than than we do. And so Amon has this mask. He's theoretically a non-bender. He has been blessed with this power. And so he blames benders. He blames the avatar. Like so he like when we blame others, that is a form of power over. And we see Amon do it right there, you know? And so I wonder because is training kids to chi block or training people to chi block, that seems like a power with. Let me give you a tool that right. can help you have agency. So that and feels feel like power like with power. Yeah. Right. And so it's tough because Amon is showing us power over. We don't want to do that. Yep. And power with, which are like, yay, power with. <laughs> but yeah. like and I think that's this that continues to confirm this gray area of like I um there are people who are empowered that will do some things that are not okay. And there are people who empower who will do things that are okay under the guise of like, look how good I am, right? Like it makes me think of philanthropy with multi-billion dollar organizations. <laughs> Tell me more about that. It's just a weird side tangent of this idea of like, I'm going to do these things, these moves that are clearly not okay. I'm going to underpay workers. I'm not going to pay a living wage. Amazon. Right? I'm not going to do those things. But I am going to give $10 million to this organization that fights for climate change. Which in the grand scope of things. Which is like, or you could pay people a living wage as well, seeing as how you're worth this much. And right? you like, still continue to make. Exploit and do yes. things. I always, Amazon commercials always make me chuckle because they're like, we're spending. In a very dark way. Yeah, but it's just, yes, yeah, <laughs> correct. And this idea of like, we're doing these commercials. We want to lower our carbon footprint. And I'm like, I've got a thousand ways you can do that. I don't understand why you're telling me like, we're going to do all this by in the next 20 years. And the reality is like, or you could just stop doing X, the, Y, yeah. and Z. Like you've got the power <laughs> to do this. You've got the money to fund the research to do it. Yeah. It's just, it's hard because this, again, going back to the power over versus power to and power with like what happens in power over dynamics is People who use power over incite hatred and violence. That's a power over move. Absolutely. And and it, it is used using persistent dehumanizing language and policies. And Amon is modeling this when in his rhetoric. And it's it's not centering connection in humanity. It's not centering empathy driven agendas, policies and values. It's not that's the power with. It's like let it's not a message of it's like the it's the dark. He says, "Oh, we're all going to be equal," which is something that oh, we're gonna, I just want a more equal society. But like that's a really dark version of what's going on here. Like that is a very like seemingly <laughs> uh, healthy thing when really it's very deceptive. You his, know, his version of that is very deceptive. Yes. So I don't know. It just there's a lot there. It's not. It's not great. But frankly, neither is what the benders have been doing. So, well, I don't know if we've seen a lot, but we've seen some things, you know, in regards to bending. But we're not seeing. We see more in the comics. Like we get, we get a whole lot in the comics around like what benders are doing to create this divide, and we see this over time. But it's tough. 
it's tough. What yeah. else? Anything else? We hit on everything that I wanted to chat about that was lifted up for me. So if you've got something else that you want to bring up, but overall, it's really just the more and more as we watch Cora, the more and more I realize like this is going to be probably more challenging for for you and I in oh, the space yeah. that we live in. Um, and so we're we're really excited to bring other voices to the table uh, in, yes. in a big way for these seasons, so that we can continue to learn through this process as well. Because even within this episode, like I'm thinking back and saying, like I wonder how Should this comes off, this? right? Like yeah, I wonder exactly, how this yeah. comes off, or, or what could I have done differently? But and I think that's helpful for our listeners to know, right? That that I feel insecure about having conversations around this because one, I'm not an expert and that automatically feels insecure <laughs> but like also this is so important that i want to do it right and i i don't know that i am and there's gonna be lenses where we go is is <laughs> were we the ones to talk about that yeah. lens right and yeah. i think that um we're just continuing to learn and grow through this process as well but this is i think with this episode specifically if you've got feedback on it please send it in and, yes. and let's chat about it let's talk about it and, and lift it up we would love to hear it Time for a quick break, or you got anything else you want to hit on? I think we're going to break, and then we're going to go into maybe a little bit of a a fun little imagination exercise. A little bit of a practice. Yeah. All right, let's do it. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends. Thank you for listening, continuing to listen, continuing to enjoy this conversation about the legend of Korra with us. We are about to engage in a fun little exercise that we did in our prior seasons and we're revisiting this time. So this is a practice of imagining ourselves into the show where we try to put ourselves into the the thoughts, feelings, the bodies of someone who's actually experiencing what happens in the show. And the idea behind it is that we are able to experience things differently than we would by watching as a spectator just on our couch or however we choose to watch it. And so theoretically, we can learn a little bit more about the experience by developing some empathy by imagining ourselves into the moment. And I've picked a short clip for us to imagine ourselves into. And so theoretically, you can imagine yourself into the into the moment as a as a fly on the wall, you can be a specific character, you can put yourself into uh, the person who is speaking, whatever works for you and wherever you take yourself is totally fine. You can even do it multiple times if you want to replay it and, and imagine yourself as multiple characters. But what Sunshine and I will do is we will imagine ourselves into the scene and we will just kind of figure it out and then we'll talk about what we learned and experienced from that exercise. Uh, The goal here is make sure that you're in a place that you can kind of close your eyes and really get a sense for the audio. If you are driving, I don't recommend closing your eyes. Uh, Make sure that if you do, you're doing it safely. Um, You can still practice even without, you know, closing your eyes. Mm -hmm. It's just a recommendation. Yeah. So without further ado, we're going to play a short clip. And just so that you can kind of prep and figure out what kind of character you want to be, we are going to listen to Amon's speech to everyone who has shown up for the revelation. And here comes the clip. My quest for equality began many years ago. When I was a boy, my family and I lived on a small farm. 
We weren't rich, and none of us were benders. This made us very easy targets for the firebender who extorted my father. One day, my father confronted this man. But when he did, that firebender took my family from me. Then, he took my face. I've been forced to hide behind a mask ever since. All right, everyone. That gives you an opportunity to listen. If you need to, you're welcome to rewind a few seconds and listen to it again. But what we're going to do is we're going to first listen to Sunshine, and we're going to find out who he imagined himself into and what did he feel in his body, what were the senses, uh, thoughts, tastes, sounds, what happened. So, Sunshine, what happened for you as you experienced that? Yep, so I put myself in the uh, as a spectator in this event, someone who's just at the rally. So you're a non-bender. Non-bender at the rally. And you hear the story, and you, it speaks to you, right? Like, it speaks to me of this understanding of, of the pain you've gone through and understanding where all this comes from and, and how tragic that story is. And, and you believe it, and, and I believe it. And I, I feel throughout, and I feel anger, and I feel sadness, and I feel empathy for Amon in this moment and it's easy for me to want to back him and support him interesting so it kind of like created more like you're more on his side now than you were even before is that right yeah yeah if taking this all at face value like and, and seeing that as someone who knows Amon's story outside of that realm and knowing that this is not the mantle for him to pick up because yeah. it's not he is not in this place he is yeah. not experiencing these things the way others are and so it is not his role, like, as we sit there and go, like, the equalists have a point, yes, and Amon is not the person to take up the mantle of leading that, right? Like, that is not his place to do that. But as a spectator, not knowing any of those things... Well, and that story is common. We heard right? that story all through Atla, right? We heard people of getting, like, ravaged hurt. by the Fire Nation yep. and getting hurt, and that's, it seems like that's a, that's a common thing. And, so, so you believe that too. You hope yeah. that it's, you hope that Zuko's brought change. You hope that that's happened over the 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 time frame that this has all gone down. And so, but you don't know. Like, and it's still yeah. possible. You're like, well, he's. You don't know how old Amon is, and so maybe this is people. It's after the hundred year war has ended, right? But it's still possible that this has taken place. And so you sit there and go, yeah, I believe this. Well, and things don't change as soon as the war is over right the mindset correct to, yeah. like take forever to change and so i imagine there's just a lot of residual angst there mm -hmm. uh in in that so that's so interesting okay so i and i think that's important to remember the history of that right like that happened to my grandparents is a very yeah, possible oh, re man. response that could have happened especially if you're in a place of i was on the side of that war that was a, a hundred percent a bender war yeah and I felt that as a non-bender. Yeah. I was on the side of people who couldn't fight back because of that, right? So there's a there's got to be a lot of feelings that are there. Yeah. So I I took a different approach. I was Mako. And I I as a firebender heard this and I was like this I have like in my head I said this is the same story that people keep on telling. That was like what was went, went through my head. Like this is it's not all firebenders aren't like this not all men right yeah not ex all exactly but you got to check that right but, but like that was what it went through my head like not all firebenders are like that not all benders are like that and like i just i i i felt defensive and for sure like and i i felt 
in my body, my, my chest started to clench up. I was experiencing that and I was just like, no. And I, I was just really a kind of upset at Amon and upset with the whole thing because it was like painting it of like, of course they're using all the facts and using all the stories to help their side and help their argument. Right. Um, yeah. So like, being in that kind of place felt kind of grody in a way. That's so tough because you have to question like, is this a story or is it? Is this really what's happening? Like, who? What side of this am I on? Right? And how do I find out what the real truth yeah. is? Well, and the problem is, it wasn't that I didn't believe him on. It was that I was mad that this is like, God, another firebender did it this, and why are all fire like the, like it was a mix of like not all fire firebenders are like that, and why are some like that? <laughs> You know, why right. is it like, why do a few ruin it for all of us? Um, and those are, those are stories that are really damaging, right? Cause if I let that story and if I let that question dominate my navigation of this problem, then I'm just, just as problematic as Amon is, you know, maybe not just as problematic, but like very problematic. Um, when I, yeah, as we kind of go deeper into this, I think that's kind of what we're talking about is when we are looking at issues around equality, equity in these moments, right? And, and who's got the power? Mm-hmm. It's what is the problem? Like, what is the root of this problem? Because I don't know if bending is the root of this problem or if it's how people are manipulating benders to create this problem, right? And so... That's the question that hasn't been asked yet, and, and I think that has to be it. Like, what is the deep root cause of this, um, and how do we get after that, and how do we tackle yeah. that? Because taking away bending is – I don't know if that's going to solve the problem. I, yeah, It will only likely leave people – because Amon's likely not going to take his own bending away. Nope. Right, so that's just going to put him in a position of power later on. And so it's how do we, how do we get to what is the root cause of this. But it's tough to see that. That takes a lot of question asking, and there's a lot of info there. Yeah, and I'm really interested to hear from y'all. Uh, we've asked before in this episode already, but this is another opportunity. Like, as you heard this and you put yourself and imagine yourself into this, who were you and how did you feel and what emotions and things came up as you listened? Because we want to know and want to share that with the rest of our listeners as well. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and jump into devotion. Devotion. Um, I'll start. We're going through the element of, of fire. Fire. Um, and for me, I think I, I through this conversation, through talking throughout this episode, there have been several times where I was like, I, I want more information and I want to know more. And mm. that, that itself I'm saying is, is lighting a fire under me to go seek that out this week and say, how do we learn about power and and learn more about privilege and what resources can i find to help learn and, and be more equipped to to dismantle things that i need to dismantle or to qu- ask the right questions and so that is a little fire under me because i have not felt confident in those in some of the things that we've spoken about today and i want to feel and confident. i want to feel confident i want to be able to speak on this better than i am and so that's my goal for the week is to go find resources and, and seek those out and um to do that yeah i i think that will be mine as well just kidding. Uh, yes, and. I want to do that, and. Uh, one of the things that I thought about, and I've been talking about it a long time and now, it feels like, but this idea of power over versus power with, and power, we said at the beginning, is not negative or positive. It just is. And it's, I feel like fire is the same way. It is a tool, and it can be used oppressively, or it can be used to aid. And I feel like 
anytime you use fire with the other elements, it always ends up being something really powerful. We see it in this episode, even like when water is heated up, it becomes steam and it can, it can power a steam engine. When you use fire, you can heat up stones and can provide heat to in a nice little sauna. And it's really enjoyable, right? When you use fire with, it becomes something that makes something better. But when you use power over when you use fire as a means of control it becomes a really big issue and so for me it's really sinking into this idea of what are the things that i'm doing and how do i make it more uh with rather than over like what are the things that i'm engaging with in my life and how do i make it more cooperative and I think that's just – it's a big takeaway of how do we do that in, in every aspect of our life. Yeah, how do we create exactly. – How do we do things with as opposed to over? Exactly. How in my own personal relationship with my partner do I make sure that we're leading in our own household with each other? Exactly. Um, how do I do that with – even on a hierarchical level of work and the people that I support – how do I view that as I'm supporting them and how do I bring them in to make decisions with to yes. move the needle forward as opposed yeah. to I'm dictating this over you. Yeah, that's big. That's huge. It's huge. It's it's yeah. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, gratitude. 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 Yeah. So Yeah. I love gratitude. Yes. It's wonderful. I'm grateful for gratitude. Uh I'm also grateful for for the the show The Legend of Korra and one of the things that I love about it is a female lead. One of the things I don't love about this episode is she's the only female in the episode. <laughs> yeah, right? And so like in a for an episode with a female lead, it is awfully male dominated. Um just fairly true for the sh- we get more, we get more. We get more. We get more. We absolutely get more. But not now. But not now. <laughs> yeah. So, like, we, again, just reminding for people and for people who maybe have just joined us, we are committed to, when we share gratitude, always lifting up at least one female. And so uh, we might hear a lot from Cora this this series if it continues to go this way. Um, but we are always grateful to lift up Cora regardless. So I'm grateful for Cora. I'm grateful for Cora for a lot of reasons. But one of the things I'm grateful for her for is her immediate ability to say, let me help you to Mako. Mako comes looking for Bolin and she just immediately is willing to say, let me help you. And I know as Mako, I was that person. I was the person, I am fiercely independent. I don't like accepting help. I can handle it all on my own. But Korra's just like, let me help you. And that moment really for some reason it really stuck out to me as re- as really beautiful. And I think one of the, like, obviously Cora has a crush on Mako at this point, but one of the things I love about that is love helps us be more likely to have a power with relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really something for lifting up. So I'm grateful for Cora and, and that is why I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Naga. Oh, I love Naga. You're right. So sh- maybe a little power from within. A lot of strength and force that she has, and she does it to support sure. Korra uh, and and Mako. She Naga takes them around the whole city. She sure um, does, and she's fast, super fast. Yep, and so keeps um, up with all the motorcycles. They wouldn't the... have been able to find Bolin without without Naga, Absolutely. and so um, yeah, that's my. I'm giving gratitude to Naga. Here, here, I love it. Just because Naga deserves a little bit of praise. 
don't like everyone deserves praise that's true i love it uh well we can only pick one but you can pick anyone and who would you like yeah let us know to be grateful for well, Let's thank know. you so much for a wonderful episode, Ben. Yeah, thank you. Um, we're going to learn some more. Yeah, we're going to continue to learn. That's why we're, continue That's why we're doing this, continuing to learn, right? And uh, help us learn. Follow us at BNB underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all TikTok. those places. Yep. Um, Join our Facebook group. That's by, right. You can become a patron. That's right. Support us and help us continue to learn. Get some bonus episodes, some mini, some mini episodes. Help us choose lenses. All That's of those right. things are available through our Patreon. So, so go check that Sometimes out. Sometimes we do little pop up live episodes. We've done those. That's right. Those have been fun. And yeah, so been fun. Can we give some? Can we also give some gratitude to Max? Max, do you have anything to contribute for the episode? Not at this time. And well, yet we're still grateful. Absolutely. You do so much for us, so he thank you for all of that. Scenes, y'all. He's really important. Once again, I'm Sunshine Mayfield. This has been. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.